Hello, my magical friends. My name's Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 146th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. We have a lot of news to catch up on, and I watched our weekly show, and then we'll get to today's topic. So let's get started. We had a really, really, really big news week, so we're just going to try to do these as uh, quickly as possible. I mean, mostly just a lot of different release announcements. The first one being that uh, Magical Destroyers, which we already knew was coming out in April, did get a little bit more key visual and a release date. So we know for sure that this series is going to start on April 7th specifically. So that's really exciting. Um, This is going to definitely be a very unique Magical Curl series as far as its influences. I've read a few different interviews with the main creator, Jun Inagawa, and He is someone who lived between Japan and California, particularly L.A. and San Diego, and seems to have a bit of a kind of blend of both the American street culture and Japanese nerd culture as influences in his work generally, including this series. So it'll be very exciting to see um, where this goes. (laughs) I still have not seen a single interview that actually talks about his Um, relationship to magical girls but you know he does speak English so he's always welcome on the podcast next the superhero comic Shy which we did get an announcement about an adaptation for quite a while back got an updated announcement about the release in that it will be coming out sometime this year we still don't have any other news other than that no additional art or anything of that nature but it's good to know Next, we got the news that the final installment of The Owl House, its final TV special for season three, Watching and Dreaming, is coming out on April 8th. We will definitely miss this show dearly, but I am very hopeful and excited to see what will come of this uh, finale. The next thing is a Magical Girl spin-off comic called Magical Girl Regina Lena, which is a spin-off of the series 86 begins a publication in well this month so um, I don't know a lot about 86 but it seems to be a fairly popular series or has like a pretty good cult following the original series is definitely not my thing but it looks like they've they've been putting a lot of spin-off work out there this series also has a comic that is like a kind of a regular school drama type of uh, spin-off like an alternate reality And now we have this one, which apparently originally actually was a kind of short story or light novel within one of the Blu-ray releases of the original series. And now it's getting a comic adaptation. So that's pretty cool. Okay, finally, we're getting to the last bit. Uh, Precure news. Oh my goodness. So, uh, of course, this was actually a little while back, but we did get the announcement about the Next film, which is Precure All-Stars, the movie, F. So this will be releasing on September 15th, 2023 in theaters in Japan. Very exciting, of course. You know, I will be there. I will be watching. 
we had kind of basic confirmation that there would be an All-Stars movie um, from the flyers received at the uh, Precure 20th Anniversary Exhibition. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Of course, the big question is what does F stand for? Even in the announcements um, over on the Twitter for the film, they asked the same question. What do we think F means? Um, right now, I'm thinking forever is is kind of my guess, but I don't know for sure. And finally, the big news, the biggest news that we cannot, none of us could imagine this was going to happen. So the first bit of news happened uh, late Sunday night here in Japan at about 1 a.m. The trademark bot had posted that Toei Animation had made a new trademark called Power of Hope Adult Precure 23. And of course, everyone was abuzz, especially um, internationally, because it was uh, daytime on Sunday as that came out. And everyone was like, wait, 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 what is this? Uh, myself included. I looked through the entire application on the patent website to figure out what was going on. And we didn't have to wait long for an official announcement. You know, just earlier today, we got the announcement that um, there will be two new sequel series for Precure. Both of these will have an adult target audience. So the first one being for, yes, Precure 5. So this adult Precure 23 was actually for, yes, Precure 5, go, go, specifically. So in October 2023, this will air through NHK eTele, which is an educational TV program station. But they do have like, you know, all kinds of other various things. So it's an interesting place, an interesting choice for this particular iteration. And they also announced that sometime in 2024, there will be a 12-episode series airing on the Amazing time slot on ABC slash TV Asahi. So uh, this is a 2 a.m. airtime, which is a very interesting choice. And this is going to be a sequel to Witchy Precure, right? Mahotsukai Precure. Uh, tentatively, the title is simply, simply announced as... Um, Mahotsukai Precure 2, but it looks like that will probably change over time. Of course, this is huge news because we've never had any any media targeting non-children for Precure, and with that late time slot, especially for Witchy, there's a whole lot of questions about why they would make that choice or what we can expect from a series like that, and, you know, basically it's just all in all really, really exciting. So that's all the news, which means I get to talk about what I've been watching. So of course, I am watching Soaring Sky Precure every week and um, loving it every time. It's just so, it's such, it's such a delightful season, such a great kind of representation of what Precure is and can be. Incredible amounts of character development in just this many episodes. And I'm definitely very excited to see what is coming on down the line. Um, I'm aware of episode descriptions, etc. So it's really exciting. And um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say except that I'm just very into this season and I'm very into all the Precure news. And of course, there are lots of other Magical Girl things happening, but it does feel like a, a new kind of boom, right, for Magical Girl. So it's it's been very exciting to be in the, the time that we are right now. <laughs> so with all of that, I think it's time to get to today's topic. 
So today's topic is very interesting because it is a shorter work, technically speaking. In fact, it is um, shorter than the length of this podcast episode in which we talk about it. So if you haven't watched Artist Witch yet, I do recommend you check it out before you listen to this conversation. We have a new guest for today, Infi Studios, and she was just a delight to chat with. Um, I was really delighted that she brought this uh, st- this particular series to the table in terms of uh, talking about it on the podcast. It's a relatively recent series, but it's definitely very unique in a lot of ways and still is kind of ongoing, at least in terms of m- merchandising. So I'm hopeful for, for more narrative down the line but we shall see and of course if if there is you'll hear about it here and I will definitely watch it and talk about it so this is a combination of uh, of art artistry um the love of the town of Harajuku and yeah magic so uh, this is also definitely a more adult series so if you haven't checked it out yet if you're listening to this conversation going in blind Please be warned that this story is going to discuss um, suicide to a pretty large degree, um, as well as a little bit about murder and a little bit about body horror, and um, also talking about colorism and biphobia to an extent. So keep that in mind before you listen to the chat or check out the series. And otherwise, please uh, sit back and relax and enjoy this chat with Infi Studios about Switch. So we are here to talk about Artist Switch from 2021, and I'm delighted to have on a new guest today. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Infi Studios, she, her pronouns, and I am an author and sometime artist, or that should be flipped because I do a lot more art than writing nowadays. <laughs> well, both are good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into this pretty interesting, unique piece of media, what is your history with the magical girl genre? Yeah, I'm um fairly basic. My first exposure was Sailor Moon. Um, I was introduced by my mother, um, who watched the series um, earlier in her life and decided to introduce me to it. And I became head over heels obsessed made several very bad ripoffs of Sailor Moon when I was in middle school. Um, <laughs> and from then on, fell into the magical girl genre even further. I read Tokyo Mew Mew's manga. I read Shugo Kara's manga, or most of Shugo Kara's manga. I flirted with Madoka Magica. I played some of the Magireko video game. And I know I will probably be um, crucified for not having watched the show first, but I don't particularly care. Um, <laughs> but I haven't even gone into Pretty Cure yet, which has been my primary, I would say, magical girl circle. I'm sort of active in its fan cure community. I love making fan series and communicating with other creators. It's just such a like wonderful, positive interesting community. I have learned so much of what I know about writing from that, and it's just been so wonderful. Awesome. So I'm very curious because you said your mother also watched Sailor Moon. Um, Are you comfortable with telling us how old you are? 
Um, yeah, I'm around 18. Hmm. Okay. I turned 18 last year. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting to see like what's what younger generations I don't feel that this oh no I'm I'm I've gotten quite far from that age now so it's a whole other generation yeah so when you say like fan cure communities like is that on specific forums or websites I started out on the um fandom of pretty cure wiki and the general um wiki circuit and Mm -hmm. um Right now, I'm more active on Discord. I don't really post a lot elsewhere, but um, hmm. I've been doing some art, thinking about maybe posting it on Tumblr and Instagram, but I don't know. I'm not very good at finishing my artistic work, so <laughs> it hasn't exactly made it to the point to where I can post it on the Instagram, but hmm. yeah. Well, you know, you, you have time, not to worry. <laughs> You're yeah. still very young. Yeah. yeah. But Awesome. So getting into today's topic, so again, Artist Switch is a, a rather unique Magical Girl series. It started in 2021. It, the idea is that uh, this story is set in um, deep, deep Harajuku, and it, it is basically centered around Harajuku uh, art and fashion and music. Yes. It features the character Nina, who is a witch in training, though if you ask her, she will say she's a witch already, and... Um, each episode features a character who seems to be going through some sort of personal crisis, uh, you know, evaluating themselves and where they stand in the world. Something is something is off and how they feel about things. They're not quite satisfied with something in their life. And they end up somehow coming across this mysterious little shop. And basically, Nina will say, like, let's take a peek, a little deeper look at what's going on here and get this, like, really fun kind of little music video-esque, like, dream sequence of sorts yes. <laughs> that helps people to uh, explore the truth about themselves that's kind of hiding within and it's you know it's very short and it's all on YouTube yeah. I believe the English translation might be official but I know that there are also fan translations that you can get on YouTube so it's a very very accessible and it's also yes. a very short series <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's it's uh, definitely a very interesting one so Infi what is your history with this series with Artist Witch? I actually found out about the series from listening to the podcast. It was mentioned in one episode, and I thought, oh, Artist Witch, that sounds fun. And I had a very different idea of what this show would be before I started watching it. Um, I picked it up around episode two, and I did not expect it to go in the direction that it ended up going. But I really enjoyed the ride. It was such an interesting show to watch along with and analyze as it aired. It was just, mm. it was a ride. <laughs> yeah, it was certainly really fascinating. Um, I, I think a lot of people also felt that way, like the the kind of twists and turns. I think also because we didn't know at the beginning even how long it was going to be. You know, the episodes yeah. are quite short. And, you know, in the end, it only ended up being six episodes. And yet so much happened. So it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously there's the, the kind of in-between story that's implied that, that you know, she's helping yeah. out a lot of other people that we don't actually see. But yeah, it was really fun to to watch again. Uh, I also watched it as it as it was airing, and I also want to point out because this series is very um, similar to another series that I actually talked about in the bonus feed. Ooh. It's a bonus episode about the magic of chocolate. Yes. There's an animated series as well, but it is um, it is adapted from a continuously running like 
very, very long girls comic, a horror comic about a witch who has a chocolate shop and who helps people to make deals. And so the price of their chocolate, the kind of chocolate they want is um, very steep. So it's also got the same thing where the witch in question has her own backstory that they also go into and, and so on. And it's really, it's also a very interesting series, but I definitely felt myself making kind of comparisons <laughs> watching Artist yeah. Witch, but it also is, it got um, a lot of interesting, unique things and interesting looks at stuff that we don't get a lot of in general, um, especially in Magical Girl yeah. series, but but yeah. So I guess with that, shall we jump into the actual episodes themselves? <laughs> yeah. Um, before yeah. we do that, um, mm-hmm. I just want to say that I'm not trying to take part in the, um, oh, this is the new Madoka. This is a Madoka ripoff debate. But this series, when I watched it, it's funny that you compared it to a Magic of Chocolate because I was very strongly reminded of Madoka Magica, especially okay. in episode three. With the mm. um, sort of almost stop motion esque surrealistic visuals in that one's very specifically that one. Mm. I think it has enough, like, it is absolutely its own thing. And its surrealism, I don't think, comes from an attempt to um, emulate the Madoka formula, but from an attempt to pay tribute to the wondrous, the wondrous art styles of Harajuku and that general aesthetic, which I just think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I could see uh, making that kind of comparison. There is definitely a lot of surreal imagery in Radoka as well. Yeah. Different, but, you know, the, both surreal. Yeah, yeah the, the fever dreams and stuff are so, they're so fun. They're they're so creative, even when they do get yes. a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So getting to the, the first episode. So uh, we start with a little story about a girl named Haruka. She's a dancer and, you know, she's very good at dance. She's very, um, she's clearly very beautiful and is also dressed very masculine and has very short hair. Yes. And we see that she seems to be this way because other people tell her that it suits her. Yeah. And so she's trying to kind of figure out what she wants, like what her true self is, and ends up finding her way down to this place and um, finds this lipstick that is very interesting to her. And she doesn't want to admit that she's interested in the lipstick at, at first. Nina approaches her and she's like no 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 it's not it's not my style and she's like well what does what does that mean what does it mean to be like you or so then when they take a deeper look we see this incredible again like looking at the dance uh and everything like all these little bits of her past where we see and uh, you know the the series we didn't mention is primarily done in a cg like 3d animation but there are some instances of, of 2d animation as well and we see that she, you know, in her past, like she clearly was very interested in very feminine things from an early age, but then people would, you know, kind of push on her, like the possibility of more masculine dress and cutting her hair short and things. And so she's able to kind of reflect on that and see that actually being her true self is this more feminine look at things. Yeah two things I found really fascinating about the um, witches' shop scenes in this particular episode is that, one, despite the uh, general ethos of the series about um, letting yourself be yourself and not taking hints from anyone and, you know, making your own narrative, I found the bit where um, Nina sort of forces the lipstick on Haruka to have a little, like, almost a violation of not 
consent totally, but at least of personal space. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it just it made me almost a little uncomfortable to see that. And I don't particularly know why. And the other really interesting thing is that um, when Haruka is looking at the um, recreations of her past, they're very clearly set up as stage sets. Yes. Yes. And I just think that artistic choice is so interesting because, I don't know, it's almost like Nina is encouraging Haruka or maybe the audience to see that um, the impressions that other people have of her are false or I don't know what I'm saying. Like, they're not really backed up by anything, but, um, like, plywood supports and simple facades. Mm-hmm. I just think that was a super interesting choice on behalf of the um, artistic team. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of a lot of metaphor going on the whole the whole show, of course. But oh yes, it's interesting what you said about the stage show. I didn't really kind of see it that way, I guess. But it's more like yeah. pieces of like a, a presentation of yeah. her life in a way that makes sense to her Ooh, because she dances on yeah. stage. Again, that's just my my interpretation. Um, no, that checks. But yeah, I think the bit where she like puts the lipstick on on Haruka, I could definitely see that as being like, wow, okay, this is a bit much, like. She's forcing her yeah. opinion a little bit, but I think the idea is like, and and we can definitely talk about that as well in terms of like a lot of the the possible problematic takes that this series yes. is bringing out. But you know, I think that the idea in this case was like, well, she is refusing to admit it to herself, so she needs yeah. someone to show her, and that's done in Nina's like literal showing, um, you know, in these yeah. dreams, but also like showing her by by putting the lipstick on her and of course uh, at the end of the fever dream you know after she's been dancing in like this beautiful red gown and everything she wakes up and she's back in the same place before she started to have these feelings and she's got the lipstick in her hand and we see that like she is going to move forward with uh, accepting herself um, in a more feminine presentation despite what anyone else might say yeah i think it definitely ties into the um i guess rest of the series that um sometimes people aren't going to make changes on their own and they need help and intervention hmm. that is definitely carried through into the rest of the series so I 100% see your point I am just I'm a big old introvert yeah and so the idea of like drastic personal space violations is just yeah very visceral for me so you know that's I think why it struck me so strongly yeah, no, I definitely understand. I also would not be really thrilled about that violation of my personal space. Yeah. So super valid. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then at the very end, we see uh, that, you know, Nina's there and she's she talks generally with these kind of cute little uh, little figures, this little yeah. pig and this um, chameleon who are also kind of the logo of the shop, this yeah. mysterious shop that she owns. And we see that something is ringing in the cash register, but it's not like a monetary yeah. amount, it seems. So we don't know yeah. what that means exactly, but yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. And yeah. for a first episode especially, I think it's like really dynamic, really impactful, and really yes. gets a, a, a good idea of what we might be getting from this show. Again, because we didn't really know what was going on here. Like There was a lot that was yeah. kind of mysterious about the whole series. Yeah. And I think one of the series um like greatest points at least from my perspective is how mysterious it keeps itself. Mm-hmm. I've watched a couple of the music videos and some of the um picture after stories 
And it doesn't really reveal that much about the world building. There's definitely promotional material I haven't watched for the series, but mm-hmm. overall it seems like they're very, very strongly trying to keep everything up to your interpretation, which is just a very unique way to write a series, especially in um, this era of hot takes and director's perspectives and director's cuts. I just think it was so cool that they decided to keep like the mascots. Are they positive forces? Negative? Do they have people's best intentions at heart? Or are they operating under some kind of other morality? It's kept so mysterious and I do think that also ties into the general theme of the series of, you know, making your own way. You have to come up with your own interpretation. They're not just going to give it to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, it's very much like uh, emblematic of, of what it is to to go to, even just to visit Harajuku if you're going shopping. Yeah. Of course, it's like a big uh, tourist spot, but like in general, it's a, a really cool place with just like a little bit of everything, you know, Yeah. like it's really, you can find anything there and it's, it's really great. So I think it's really, really interesting. Yeah. But yeah. And then if you're okay with getting to the next episode, yes. um, <laughs> we see a kind of different thing where we start off with a very feminine girl. Yes. Mana. Who has uh, two friends and they all kind of uh, dress similarly and have very similar conversations and I mean there might be a little bit of commentary on it I'm not sure but like in general yeah. they're clearly like the good of places they post to Instagram or whatever and yeah. um, they just talk about oh what are we gonna do next yeah it kind of seems like this cycle but we see that when Nana's at home she likes to don black and covers her face and records videos of herself playing the guitar yeah. That she doesn't really want anyone else seeing. Mm-hmm. And we see that, like, similar characters around that, like, her friends seem to not be really, like, enthusiastic about, yeah. like, you know, musicians, etc. And so she's feeling pretty uh, uncomfortable and unsure of what to do there when she falls into the shop. <laughs> yeah. In her case, she, like, goes down this weird little kind of back alley. Yeah area it's yeah it's very fun <laughs> it's very like alice in wonderlandy yes yes i hadn't seen that i hadn't gotten that from it yeah <laughs> well visually it's definitely not it's very like yeah. incredibly bright <laughs> yes. um but yeah circumstantially yeah so yeah. she goes to the same shop and she's seeing all these these things and it's it's clear in this case and uh, we also see that like Nina dresses differently with each per- person that visits the shop, with each uh, yes. customer, if you will, to kind of suit their their real tastes. Though uh, she does yeah. have a transformation sequence in the first episode yes. uh, into her witch costume, which is great. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, her fever dream is you know more. It's 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 surreal in its own way. It's kind of got yeah. a more pop art aesthetic to it. Yes. Yeah, and she kind of gets connected to like the rock music and everything and she sees basically like what seems to be like a different version of herself i also think this whole dream sequence just makes me think of nana the the, the series yes nana. Um, i was just thinking <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah where the rock girl looks like nana the, the one with short black hair and she kind of looks yeah. more like hachi and she gets plunged into this world where she gets to bond with the guitar and, and everything. It's super fun. Yeah. And really cute. Yeah, again, very, very trippy. <laughs> oh, very trippy. And so when she wakes up from that, she she pursues 
rock music, we see that she's no longer hanging out with those friends and they're yeah. kind of judging her, but it's clear that she's moving on. She's not going to care about yeah. what they think. She's going to focus on what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what did you think of this, uh, this episode? <laughs> I really love this episode. I love especially the visuals of the music video sequence. I've always been a big fan of sea creatures mm-hmm. and I love the visuals of like the city drowned or possibly surrounded by flying fish it is again very unclear but yes <laughs> i love the idea of like hidden depths almost that it suggests it's just so it's such an interesting way of representing that i guess figure of speech and i just mm-hmm. have to give some props to the artist like the musical artist in this one because her vocals perfectly perfectly reflect the um sort of amateur artist a feeling that Mana has. The artist sounds like she is trying to prove herself just in her voice, which is such a mm. complex and unique emotion to have gotten across through a song. It's just spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like the music and the visuals and everything. It's very clearly just this amazing blend of things that are just kind of yes. like happen to be in this magical girl framework, which is fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think um, it was really interesting to see like it wasn't even that she kind of turned into that girl from the fever dream either. It's like she yeah. became her own version of herself. Um, yeah, you know, she dyed part of her hair red and you know, she's she's dressing the way she thinks she should be dressing and everything. And also, it's like a small thing, but like when like we see those girls like uh watch looking at their former friends' new uh <laughs> new Instagram, yeah. we see that like the phone is broken. Yeah, which is such an interesting little detail. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very symbolically rich and just hmm. lots of interesting artistic choices. Yes, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so it was really cool to see that that kind of thing. And it was an interesting yeah. kind of balance also between the first and second episode. Because again, oh, yes. like Haruka is a very, like, this girl who, who seems to be, like, forced in this kind of masculine box, but is, you know, accepting yeah. more femininity. And we also see her in the second episode in the background wearing lipstick. So yeah. we see that she's, she's moving on. And then with uh, Mana, it's the, kind of the opposite where, I mean, she's still feminine in the end, but, yeah. like, she's moving from, like, this, like, pastel femininity yeah. and this, this particular kind of, like, more girly fashion to this like more punk fashion and wearing lots of yeah. black and and chains and stuff which is fun <laughs> no, she shifts yeah. her appearance very drastically mm-hmm. and very quickly mm. and this is also coming from what i watched of the um picture stories but um haruka really embraces her um more feminine side or her like her different aesthetic much more like cautiously and slowly hmm. and i just love how this show um represents how you don't have to go one way or the other it's perfectly fine to take things at your own pace and become who you are with time which yeah, i just really love that message yeah yeah and just to be clear because you're uh, referring to the the picture dramas that happen um yeah. So the original series, of course, came out in uh, 2021, but yes. we see the kind of like epilogue with them after the fact. Yes. It's kind of like more almost like a comic form. It's it's a different yes. style, but it shows, you know, their experience just before and after after the experience yeah. with, with Nina the Witch. Yeah. Yes. 
it's pretty cool to get like a list a little bit more story. What happened to these these characters, you know? Yeah. So things start to get a little bit more serious in this yeah. one. So we have Akihito, who is who is a guy. He's a, yeah. he seems to be like a fashion designer, or that seems to be his dream yeah. anyway. But he is very garishly dressed. Oh um, yes, <laughs> everything is clashing in a way that's yeah. like, well, this is a kind of person, so I guess it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we see that his friends are like, hey, you didn't come to class. What's going on? And. He's always just talking about how he's a genius and oh, gosh. <laughs> no one understands <laughs> no. him. Yes, yes. And so he's just uh waiting for for it to all work out, you yeah. know. And it's yeah. a very interesting, very different approach to the, yes. the scenario where he's like in his his own world in a way, and then yes. he ends up having to run away and ends up in this room that like <laughs> it's like yeah. uh he he thinks he's going to like a, a bathroom or something, but yes. then it turns out to be yeah that the shop the way into Nina's shop yeah yeah and Nina is really rude to him. It's oh yeah, really fascinating. Oh, she's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. And he's like, "I'm a customer. What are you saying yes. to me?" <laughs> you know, it's so fascinating. Um, yeah, and so when she sends him down his fever dream, it's. A very interesting experience because it's oh, so different yes. from the two girls we had before. It's entirely <laughs> dedicated to humiliating him, which is just yes, very interesting to watch. Exactly, just again, so interesting, so powerful. Um, yes, there's like the the kind of use of like toilet paper as ribbons yes. constantly, and yes. the way they go through the thing is also like literally flushing him down the toilet, which is yes. so funny. It's oh yes. This is a completely different world. <laughs> oh, yeah. At first, it seems, like, good because we see, like, he is being surrounded by these, like, yeah. neon lights that all say the kind of stuff that people tend to say about him. And he's, like, yes. cutting them down with scissors. And it's, like, yes. he's overcoming the, the haters. But then, like, yeah. it just turns into this weird fallacy of, like, people yes. seeing his fashion in these, like, really weird-looking models and stuff. Like, it's kind yes. of, like, inhuman. And... He sees everyone around him. They're laughing. They're also yeah. sitting on toilets. Yes. <laughs> it's an interesting visual. No. Yeah. I really despise um, toilet humor. <laughs> I know I sound like a big old prude saying that, but <laughs> it just squicks me out. Sure, so sure. Seeing that um, was very much, um, oh, you know, it's the feeling of exposure. You know, it's um, very much um, taking mm. something that is you know, seen in Western culture, at least. I'm not um, very familiar with others. That sounds really offensive. No, 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 it's fine. I know what you mean. <laughs> but it's taking something that is um, usually seen as, like, very private and, like, exposing it, and it makes me a little uncomfortable, and I think that is absolutely the intention. Yes, yeah. yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so he is just, like, so shocked by the experience that in the very end... And again, very powerful visual. He yes. takes the scissors to his own neck, and then we see paint splatters everywhere. Yeah. And then he wakes up, yeah. and he's in a room on a toilet, clearly where he was before. Yeah. And just in a lot of shock. Yeah. But clearly he's, like, going to take uh, take things a bit more seriously. Yeah. Like, kind of put his money where his mouth is, so to speak. Yes. And 
he's being more uh friendly with the with with his friends and and everything which is which is good you know he's yes like he's still himself but he's uh he's been taken down a notch yes um, but yeah <laughs> this yeah. is the episode where the show really starts to drop some hints about the direction in which it is taking you because yeah. that last shot is very, very indicative of the show's trajectory from here on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how um, throughout the series we almost get to see Nina, like, moving through different attempts to reach people. Like, she is a witch in training, and so she's just trying out different methods to see, you know, what works for this person, what works for this person. And, again, the tack she takes here is so, so interesting. Yeah. It's just so fascinating to watch. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's like, yeah, again, like it's literally, I mean, the, the, again, the toilet stuff is like really wild. Yes. Part of it is also like, so he says he has all these designs, but he hasn't actually tried making them. Yeah. Like all the stuff he's wearing, like he bought in a shop or whatever. So his high ideas of himself, like don't really match his abilities, which is the other thing I think. Again, just very disturbing images. And I remember yes. when this episode came out, and of course, I was watching every week, just like ready for the next yeah. one. And so I went to watch it. And then I think the first thing I did after that was just all over the internet, like as as many places as I could, just like give out trigger warnings to people because it's like, yes. this show is going some places. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was maybe a little hesitant, but like at one point I got on Tumblr and I was like, Hey, there's some stuff in episode three of Artist Witch that you need to be wary of. Mm. Nothing actually happens, right? It's just like no. just the visuals of, it's of him all in the with the, the scissors to his neck. And then like yes. you hear the kind of cutting sound and you see yeah. splatter of paint. And it's like, we know what's going on here. And, yes. and it's like he basically got very close to that. Yes. But yeah, yeah. So I guess, like you said, things are are taking a turn from this point out, but is there anything else you wanted to say before we move on to episode four? Um, Yeah, when I mentioned that this show reminded me of Maruka, it is this episode. It is all this episode with the models. It is very specific. Mm. The way they are animated just reminds me so strongly of the witches. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, no, it just jumped out at me, and I was like, okay. So that's um maybe an inspiration, maybe not. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely at the very least that it's going for very similar like vibes in that, yes. you know, kind Absolutely. of depiction and everything. Just this this very yeah. clearly like a very inhuman kind of thing going on. Um Yeah. Which I guess also kind of matches with like the message of like, well, even if you think you're a great designer, like you're designs because like we see the pictures of them, they yeah. don't make a lick of sense and Oh yeah. Um Clearly, like, he's <laughs> he's so focused on, like, his grand ideas that, like, yes. he hasn't gotten to, like, the basics of, of sewing yeah. and things like that, which, you know, there are people like that in the art world, uh, fashion oh, or otherwise, yes. who, you know, they just kind of want to skip the basics because they think their, their idea is just so big. And, yeah. you know, some people find some success that way, but other times it's like, well... It's very clear you don't have the basics, so yes. you're losing out on a lot of, uh, you know, potential because of your your refusal to go back and and just do, you know, one on one. Yes. So so yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how inhuman the models are for that reason. Yes. Just like this is not a fashion that suits a real person. Yeah. Is kind of the message there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, getting to the you know the the midway point here. So you know yes. for anyone who has not watched Artist Switch yet, again it's very quick watch to get through all of them. They have yeah. a listing on YouTube where you can just watch all the episodes in one video. It's only forty eight yeah. minutes long. It's very short, so oh, you yes. know you can enjoy it pretty quickly and then come back to listen to the rest of the episode here yeah. about it because uh yeah it is it does get again very intense from here on out. Yes. But yeah, so getting to Lulu. Yes. Uh, this is, again, just a very peculiar episode, very interesting one, where yeah. this is definitely more focused on just one character, not even about her relationship to anyone mm-hmm. else. Just uh, we have this girl who is very clearly into the kind of gothic Lolita style, and she's just mm-hmm. walking around Harajuku, um, also walking around like in places she shouldn't be in yeah. high places because she likes heights she's on top of a building yeah yes and we see police officers constantly like hey can you please get down or like she'll yeah. be in the middle of traffic because she's just so in her own world um, yes and the whole thing is like her uh, talking about all the things in the world that she likes or doesn't like um very very yeah. simple like i love this i hate that and um you know, as, yeah. as we keep going, uh, we see her hear about the rumors, because at this point there are rumors about yes. this mysterious place in deep, deep Harajuku, yes. where this witch is granting wishes. And so she's like, oh, that sounds nice. I want to go. And so she yeah. does find her way there. Um, Nina is wearing a very, very big yeah. poofy dress as well. Oh, yes. When in Rome. Yeah. And... Things are not working out as uh, as Nina expects as uh, she talks to Dudu and Dudu's like, I want you to do the thing. Can you please do the thing already? Yeah. And she like basically makes her. Yeah. And Nina is yes. like, clearly not in control anymore. Yeah. This one is also just a very, very funky fever dream. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's in all black. Her her teeth are all like yes. different colors. There's a lot of real freaky teeth imagery. Yes, yes. Like a little bit of body horror there. And then she is just literally yeah. zipping up and removing everything around her that she doesn't like. Yeah, it's just so uh odd and it's very clear yeah. like she's the one in control and she's very happy and she Oh yeah. uh, she cuts open the sky yeah. and everything rains down on her. Just such a stark difference from the last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a very stark difference, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, so she, you know, it, it's like, finally, the final image is, like, her under the this, this black rain. Oh, yeah. She thanks Nina, and she closes the umbrella on herself, and yes. it's implied that, like, she's suddenly gone. Yeah. And Nina tries to stop her. Yes. Yeah. This is the episode that I think the entire rest of the story just hinges on. Hmm. And it's very like subtly done and yet not subtly done at the same time. It's, <laughs> it's impressive that they pulled that off. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's like, again, like the strong visuals just keep coming for the show in general. Right. But like, yeah, yeah, it just becomes this whole thing. And again, with her being the one in control, it's like so it's so interesting to see like we're getting the si- Nina side of things for the first time by mm-hmm. this. And her being very confused and, like, you know, at the very end, she's crying because she feels like she failed, but the register still rings showing that it was a success. And she's so good. She's, like, just doesn't understand what's going on. 
And the chameleon talks to her and is like, yeah, this is what yeah. you wanted. This is, you know, you're doing great. Yeah. And so we see that, like, she is just so, yeah, just so utterly confused Absolutely at this point. Destroyed. And, of course, so are we, the audience. We're like, what's happening? Oh, yes. <laughs> A couple interesting things about this episode. Um, One, uh, this is, like, the first episode in which I might be wrong, but I don't think we see Nina traveling into the um into the shop. For everyone else, we've sort of seen how they get there. And for Nina, she just sort of ends up there. We just cut directly to her, which is just signaling right out of the gate. Nina, Lulu, what am I saying? Lulu is very okay. different. <laughs> she's, she's very different. She subverts all of the rules that we've come to expect so far, and I think that's what makes this episode so effective. Hmm. Like, it clearly telegraphs that there's something up with her from the beginning, and it lets that sense of uncanniness, like, grow and grow throughout the music video sequence right until the end. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. see, like, she is, again, with the weird teeth and everything, like, she is all smiles. She's so happy to be here. Oh, yes. As opposed to when she was, like, in the real world and everything was just, you know, her... Kind of yeah. being not emotionalist, but like not showing her emotion in the same way. So, yes, and she also sort of um almost replicates the um, violation of personal space bit from um Haruka's um episode. Yes, she's the she one does. who gets up very close to Nina, which again very interesting parallel that I did not realize until I was saying this. So you know. <laughs> Yes, and then um, at the end of things, I do need to point out before we move on that the register did get to the number 666, which, I mean, yes. we're not like a super Christian nation in Japan, but everyone knows that number is is bad no. news. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah, with that, um, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to say before we get to episode five? Not really. I just really like the music in this one. It's one of my favorite <laughs> songs from this entire series. I mean, in general, the music is all great, yeah. and we get the the music videos are oh, their own yes. standalone thing for people who want to watch them as well, which is yes. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so getting to uh, episode five with Tiara, is this one is, again, very, um, very fascinating. Yes. We get a, a new, you know, this character. Uh, so Tiara is the, the name of, of this uh, character. And yeah. she's a model. She's she's clearly very beautiful, and she has this. Um, at first, it seems like a best friend that they you know they're very uh, yeah uh, like clearly very connected and always hang out and stuff. And she's also a model. Oh yeah. But we see it becomes clear that Tiara actually likes this girl as as more than a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Their relationship is so uh, so interesting, and she hears about this this place, right, where all wishes can be granted, and she decides she wants to go yeah. to grant a wish for yeah. this girl that she likes. As she's looking around, we see this whole thing of her walking around trying to find this place, and we also see Nina looking very mm -hmm. defeated and not wanting to open the shop. Oh, yes. Basically. Oh, and this is... Um... The horror elements from the last episode with the slight body horror mm -hmm. are just taken taken up to 11 in this one. Oh, yeah. The spider threads almost that control Nina as she's moving like and force her to grant um, Tiara's wish. It's very disturbing and 
a very nice yes, use yes. of horror. Um, yes. Yeah, so when when Tiara yeah. does finally find the place, um, she is trying to get her wish granted, and she was like saying, you know, I'll pay money. I don't care. I want to buy this for this girl. And yes. um, like you said, yeah, the threads come out and they control, they puppeteer Nina's body to make her yes. um, put her through the dream. And the dream sequence is also very intense because at first oh, it yes. seems very romantic. She gives the girl this, uh, you know, this choker that she had her eye on um, and it yes. looks really nice. And we see them like even going to bed together and it's very romantic and, and yes. like very just like like a, out of a movie. Right. Really, really nice. Yes. And then she wakes up uh, again. It's still in the dream. And she's like yeah. going through this maze and mm-hmm. there's images of this girl everywhere and then the images turn to yes. uh, go from solo images to images of her with other people both women and men yes um and then the like out in the open we see her on this like kind of little island surrounded by other people yes. that she is clearly also interested in and yes it's this like really stark image of you know her yeah. wanting to be with this girl she loves this girl clearly but um this girl's yes. like well i want i don't want to be just one person's thing i want to have my share of, of everyone and that turns tiara dark yeah. uh literally her whole body gets covered in like ink and yes. the choker is used to choke yeah. out her uh her crush um and it looks yeah. like she's going to to kill her also, there's more spider web imagery. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it definitely looks like a, a spider there. Um, and Nina yeah. stops her before she actually goes through with it and wakes her up yes. in that moment before she actually, like, literally kills yeah. her crush yeah. uh, out of jealousy. Then when she wakes up, she sees that this girl, uh, Saki, had been texting her and um, had been like, oh, when are you yes. coming? And finally uh, had you know been saying some really rude yes. things to her so she decided that that friendship was over yeah. you know and then we get back to nina <laughs> everything is covered in um like uh every- well, it's very rainy outside and and it looks like it's also leaking inside the the shop and she yes. is just yeah like very violated Strong. very betrayed and yeah she seems to not want to uh go through with things anymore as she's talking to her little her little animal friends uh maybe not friends (laughs) and so they're telling her like isn't this what you wanted you said you wanted to be a witch you wanted to help people and she said this is not what i was expecting this to be and eventually this other girl shows up and it's nina from before she became a witch or a witch in training yes which leads into the, the final episode. But did you want to say something before we get to yes. episode six? Oh, yes. Um, this episode, I love its aesthetics. The song in this episode is my favorite in the entire series. I love its um, more melancholy piano sound. It's utterly beautiful. But again, feel free to argue. I am 18. I'm 18 and I am like very white and straight. So I probably do not know what I am talking about. But um. This episode seemed to me to have some really uncomfortable implications about um, bisexuality and maybe mm-hmm. a little tiny twinge of colorism in it. Like the mm-hmm. depiction of Saki's um, bisexuality is that um, like she is using it to like manipulate people, and of course you have the association of um, you know her um very strong sexuality with like indulgence and not 
evil, but at least you're not supposed to like her very much. And Mm -hmm. the way in which she is very outwardly sexual is sort of, I feel, used to push that. Mm -hmm. And I might be reading too deeply into this, but that um, the only um, darker-skinned character this series gives us is the one who attempts to directly murder someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we say darker, it's a very slight shade, right? She's like a little bit more tan than everybody yeah, else. She has a tan. Uh, as far as like colorism goes, I I think that's that's a fair criticism. I think in general, yeah. this this episode definitely has a lot of mixed messages because I remember the first thing was, oh, oh yes. this episode is gay. Finally, this is exciting because well, oh yeah, we don't get a lot of that obviously. Yeah. But then it, it you know takes this turn and like. We get some, you know, sapphic characters, and one of them murders the other one. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't think that it was, like, you know, intended at all for that to be the the kind of image. I don't think they were going with that. Like, especially with, like, again, the very slight difference in her being just a little bit more tan. It's, like, compared to the other other characters. Um, But, like, in general, um, I do think that, like, her... Yeah, like, her animosity, for me, it's, like, more of, like an issue of like displaying this jealousy of her and again and you are definitely right that there is a bit of biphobic imagery uh like a messaging in this episode regardless of whether or not they intended it with Saki being this girl who yeah is like totally uh, down for whomever because she's like basically being like selfish I guess (laughs) is the idea she just kind of wants a piece of everyone but usually when we see this kind of like thing of like the the greedy bisexual trope it's usually because like for example if it was a woman that like a man is interested in in her but she's a greedy bisexual in this case it's a woman going after her so it's a very interesting yeah it's an interesting problematic thing (laughs) yeah there's a lot going on here it's a bit messy basically yeah yeah but you're definitely not, you know, out of left field with your interpretation of this episode and yeah. its problematic elements. It's definitely there. Yeah. No, I just wanted to, like, cover all my bases and to make sure that, like, if someone else had the same, like, interpretation I did and if the show hurt them at all, that I want them to feel, you know, like they were they were recognized and not trying to be passive aggressive or rude at all. I'm mm-hmm. really sorry if I'm coming off that way. No, no, you're not. It's it's fine. But yeah, and I do think it's interesting that the, the picture dramas, they go to Saki instead of to Tiara. And we see that yeah. Tiara is like still thriving in her uh, her job, but Saki is the one who's like kind of suffering and thinking yeah. about Tiara. And it's like, yeah, it's a very interesting choice to, to yeah. focus on her rather than on, on Tiara instead. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we jump into the final episode? <laughs> um, I don't know how appropriate this would be to be on the podcast, but I like how explicit, like, the depiction of their, like, relationship is. Like, it's not very frequent that you see um, queer characters be allowed to um, directly show their sexuality in the way that Tiara does on screen, and I just appreciated that, even if I do think there's some... Hmm. interesting stuff again with maybe consent there again i don't know enough but um it's interesting yeah i mean i think the fever dream is like in tiara's mind so it's not clear exactly if if saki really is this kind of person but it is it is implied that like there's a grain of truth there yeah it is interesting to to see and it was definitely again very exciting because it's so rare and it's like yeah they're in bed together they're kissing 
Chiara's intentions yes. are very clear, you know, that she likes this girl. Yeah. So that's good. I think yes. generally, yeah, it's, it is, um, we're getting, getting better about it in Japan, but, you know, that kind of very clear representation is still a rarity. So yes. it is appreciated, even if it yes. is like a messy episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that does lead us to the final episode, which is about yes. Nina. Yes. It picks up right where we left off in episode five. Um, and we see, like, if Nina goes back to the way things were, then yeah. she's going to, you know, like, go to this particular kind of life that she was not happy with. And we see, yes. you know, there's a whole bunch of flashback. And we do need to point out, like, Nina, as we've seen her throughout the show, she has, like, lavender hair. Yeah. But in her flashbacks, in this, like, older version of herself, she does have brown hair. We see her yeah. in school and she's like clearly got um, a pretty aimless life where she doesn't really yes. have any friends. She seems to be a bit invisible. You know, she does have this interest in like makeup and things. It's clear like she's interested yeah. in art, but like every time she tries to do something or like tries to, you know, connect to others, she's pushed away and she's being bullied yeah. at school. And she's just like mm -hmm. very clearly all alone, no matter where she goes. Yeah. And then she eventually gets to this uh, rooftop where yeah. she sees one of her bullies dancing around and mm -hmm. um, telling her that, like, you know, this is my space. I'm sorry, but I need this for myself. And it's clear, like, this mm. girl is suicidal. Yes. And so Nina tries to help her. And it's through that through the interaction that she gets the chance, even though she didn't technically win um, in yeah. that the girl did actually jump off. Mm-hmm. Her reaching out to this girl, despite the fact that this girl was, like, her bully directly, yeah. got the attention of some figures who turned out to be the, the mascots. Yes. And so that leads her to the, the role she has now. Yeah. Where, you know, this is kind of her start. Yes. Yeah. The scene where the um, girl jumps off the rooftop, that um, scene, I believe, appears at the start of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, yes. We see yeah. that girl at the very beginning of episode one. Yes. Yeah. Which was, that was an interesting choice on their behalf, on the uh, creator's behalf. It just mm -hmm. So I guess the um, suggestion of where the show was going was there from the start. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. <laughs> it was just so subtle. It was difficult to catch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do think that in general, every person's like predicament does seem to be leading them towards the possibility of like wanting to choose suicide. Yes. And so her thing is for them to, is to stop them yeah. from, from doing so. That's a kind of her goal. And whether or not that's the goal uh, magic wise is a little up in the air. It's oh, still yes. ambiguous by the end. But this episode is about Nina saving herself, which mm -hmm. is kind of what she's always needed. It feels like. Yeah. And it's it's really nice, and also the whole shop like fills up. It's it's flooded yeah. by the end, and it's pretty intense. Um, but we also get to see one other shot, uh, some final shots of the yeah. of all the characters she's helped, and we do see that like even Nudu is actually still alive, yes. so she didn't die. That's good. Yes. But we see everyone has you know um, moved on to better things, yes. and Nina also gets to be saved as well and she wakes up and everything is right again and it looks like it's back to business yeah just the scene um very specifically the scene where nina sort of comes back to understanding herself is just so beautifully shot um like she's floating underwater with her past self and the past self sort of tells nina that um you know 
from her perspective, she's really cool. And um, of course she's going to make mistakes because she's learning. And they embrace and the younger self turns into Bubbles, fairy little mermaid, and it's just beautifully <laughs> shot. Yes. Absolutely yes. stunning. Yeah, for sure. So it is just all around really fascinating story. Again, so short, like Yeah. It's less than the length of a movie, you know? And yes. yes. So much happens in it. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really interesting. And then, of course, we did get the picture dramas later on, like we said, that are kind yeah. of almost more like a comic book-like yes. presentation. Um, that uh, There's five of those. They go into uh, four of the characters that were yeah. affected by Nina and then also Saki, like we said, and number yeah. five. So... I, I don't know if we're going to get anything else down the line. We do have, like, yeah. some additional music videos. So, yes. like, this kind of world of artists, which is still technically kind of active. But, yeah, yeah. what did you think in general, like, now that we've talked all about this this narrative as a whole? I really, really love this show. Um, I just, I really love seeing um, just awareness being raised about um, suicide and how it is... Like, it is a problem, and the idea that um, sometimes you not only, um, like, you can't break out of it by yourself, but you need someone else to come and help you, I just, it was very powerful. Hmm. I fell head over heels in love with the series. It's just wonderful. Yeah, it was all, it was very fascinating. Now, yeah. one thing I do need to point out, because we are talking about suicide, that's kind of the main theme of, yes. of this whole show, is that... It started about two months after Wonder Egg Priority finished. Yes. Now, I don't know if you've watched that series yet, but um, it's got very similar themes. It's magical yes. girls saving other girls from uh, suicide. And I put an asterisk on other girls because of things that happen in the story. But yeah. um, there's, you know, it's very interesting how that series kind of failed to meet the mark in a lot of ways. And yes. then this much shorter series did oh, yes. uh, like a, honestly, a much more fantastic job in that regard. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see, like, especially cause they came out in the same year and yet I didn't really yeah. see a lot of people making that comparison. I think that part of it being that the, the suicide aspect of it, despite the kind of opening of the first episode, wasn't necessarily as obvious yes. until midway through. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fascinating and I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. watching it the first time around and yes. then thinking about it uh, down the line. Would you want to see more adventures of Nina as she helps people around Harajuku? I would absolutely love to. Um, I would just, really like to see another um like fully animated series come out of this world simply um just to expand like what we know about uh, nina i would like to maybe see what it looks like you know to be a full witch rather than just a witch in training and i talked about how i really love how ambiguous this series stays but also Mm -hmm. i'd love to see some of its world building expanded on yeah yeah it's so interesting again like it's very short and yet there's a lot of like merchandising for this series like this there's a down to this being one of those magical girl series that has a perfume line that's very confusing to me yeah Yeah. um, our artist switch perfume is is on my wish list but um i think just in general it's very interesting to see the media mix of this because in one on the one hand this is like a a way to kind of fuel the 
um, like these these songs, for yes. example, like the the music that is featured, it's it's kind of highlighting that, you know, centering that in one respect, but also it has this really fascinating story yeah. and um, you know the focus being on Harajuku and also it being like a production between two different yes. studios, and so it's like there's just a lot going on, and it's like this like little fascinating yeah. kind of series. It's just yeah, I'm really glad that you. Uh, you know, approached me to talk about this series because I have been wanting to talk about it for some time on the no. podcast. But yeah, it's just like, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. it. It ticks all of my boxes. I'm mm-hmm. small in, uh, smaller production, really phenomenal music, surrealistic imagery. It is everything I like in a little 48-minute package. And <laughs> it's it's just wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And I guess uh, we already kind of started to talk about the problematic element, especially regarding episode uh, yes. five. I think that's five is kind of the big Absolutely. one. Absolutely. And then um, talking about uh, talking about suicide in general, you know, it's a it's a, always a very uh, sensitive topic, Absolutely. very touchy. And it can be very difficult to say for sure, like what the best approach is to yeah. um, to people who have suicidal ideation. It's clear yeah. that, like, at least for the beginning of the series, whatever is uh, Nina is doing seems to be uh, working. Yeah. But it's it's not necessarily going to be true for everyone. Yeah. No, I think um, difference of opinion and difference of experience is just something the show does wonderfully well. Like, mm. she, even though what she does with um, Haruka and Mana is, like, they're very similar, um... Like, the paths Mana and Haruka take forward are very different, and just in, in, again, she approaches Akihito very differently than she does, say, Mm -hmm. Ruru or Tiara, and I think that's just really interesting. Yeah, I I feel like for me, like, Akihito's episode sticks out so much. I think also because he's the only, um, he's the only guy that they, uh, they actually show as a, as a customer, which is also interesting. And he's got yeah. his his problem is is very very different from from everyone oh, else, yes. and I wonder like why they decided to do that, why they they stuck with one guy versus you know um, four girls and then yeah. and Nina herself, um, yeah. but like it, it I mean it it ends up working like I kind of didn't think about it until you know at the end when it was like oh wait what did we yeah. end up with and it was it was interesting that they made that choice. Um, because it's not like there aren't different ways for men to be artistic or what have you, but you know, yeah. it was interesting to see that. And like, I, I definitely am curious about how they came up with these these characters of these different artists, yes. basically. Oh, that would be super fun to um, find out about. Yeah, yeah. It's this is you know surprisingly. Um, I think there's there's probably interviews in print for uh, this series that I could try to find, but I couldn't really find yeah. a lot of stuff online about it. Um, but but yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely very uh, a very fascinating little thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a cute little show. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about regarding the uh, the show? Um, just the mm-hmm. question: um, What was your favorite of the songs that appeared in the series? Hmm, that's difficult because I think they're all pretty yeah. fun. I I oh, do yeah. admit I probably could have gone back and like re listened to the songs over and over, but I never yeah. got around to doing that. Yeah, 
I do feel like ghost food from episode four is probably the one that like sticks out to me the most when I try yeah. to think about which songs um, I would like go back and listen to. But but they were honestly yes. all really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I just asked the question because I'm <laughs> again I listen to music probably too much, and these songs are sort of what got me through my homework in the first half of last year. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're close to my heart. (laughs) Yeah, have you watched any of the newer like music videos that they've done on the on Otter Switch channel? Because I haven't really Um, watched them yet. But I have watched a couple, and many like I don't know. They don't make as strong an impact. I feel like as the ones in the show. There is one Hmm. um, Labyrinth that I listened to. I haven't listened to all of them, but Labyrinth is very very pretty the singer has a very um, a much deeper voice than some of the others i've listened to and there i think are some cool guitar riffs it's just it is my favorite of the music videos i that are not part of the show that i have listened to so far hmm yeah that makes sense um yeah i definitely want to go back and like check them out because you know it just felt like um it's just really interesting to see what like this kind of, I guess, the franchise or the media mix of, of artist which is, is doing as it continues. But yeah. But yeah. Um, do you have a favorite episode aesthetically? Oh, aesthetically. Unfortunately, I think it's episode five. Um, it is, it's the most problematic episode. I <laughs> will not ignore that. Yeah. But I absolutely love the, like the pastels and the beautiful like botanical um, botanical visuals. Mm. That one is just again musically and aesthetically my favorite. Story wise, absolutely could have used a sensitivity reader mm-hmm. beforehand, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah. What was interesting for me is like I do agree. I think the you know especially like the beginning part. It's like so romantically yes. lit that it it just made me think of like you know, um, it's like a classic film in the way. And, yes. you know, I think that's quite, you know, intentional. But, but yeah, it was really interesting to see that that difference. And it like this kind of like the, the scenario is dark, but the, the visuals are not. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Which is in general something this show does so well. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just yeah. like just a super creative series. So anyone who's interested in art definitely should yes. check out Artist Witch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in the title for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think that it's like really, um, yeah, just, just all, all around just really fascinating. So I'm really uh, glad that it exists. And, yes. you know, I, even if they don't like, continue more the narrative it is still like i hope to see more things like this in the future like just more yeah just kind of very different series you know yes absolutely yeah. great um so with that uh we i think that's everything that we needed to to discuss yes. <laughs> um so getting to the the kind of last question here um Imfi, have you ever imagined a magical persona for yourself before um, really listening to this show, I... Okay, there are a couple ways I can answer this. One, I had... When I was in, like, sixth grade, I had an awful... Not awful. all like, Obviously, all artists are, you know, always learning. But very, like, cut 
cut and dry Mary Sue character, like, and I just took her and I made her all different kinds of magical girls, and she was just me, but she wore more black and was visually more edgy. So I guess you could call her my mm-hmm. magical persona. But lately, um, I've well, the avatar I use on Discord and on Instagram is a witch, and I feel like that's probably like more of the aesthetic I tend to like. Again, very artist witchy, like. I imagine that I'm like I would do spells or potions and that the magic I cast would maybe look like um very thick painting. I'm mm-hmm. I'm big into art history and I just adore that aesthetic, so I feel like I'd be a witch drawing very strongly on like Van Gogh Starry Night esque aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would want to um look like as a magical person. Awesome. Yeah. When it comes to, especially sixth grade, yeah, like when, you know, we're in junior high school, high school, like, we all have cringe, uh, cringe characters. It's nothing to worry about, for sure. (laughs) Nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a natural part of uh, the creative experience, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I'm not ashamed of her. Mm -hmm. Not at all. (laughs) She still very much exists, and I love her dearly. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I guess everything we had to talk about. So thank you for yes. coming on the podcast to talk about Artist Witch. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. I've I've wanted to be on this podcast since I started listening to it. Since I I love the content you put thank out. Thank you. And I, just, I really enjoyed it and look forward to this. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you and follow you online to talk about Artist Witch and other magical girls? I don't really um have a lot of online presence. I'm Infy Studios on Discord, if you would like to try to find me there. I'm not entirely sure how Discord works, despite <laughs> having been on it for over a year. So if you know how to find me, you can you can try. <laughs> um, I'm also on um, Instagram as um, I believe my account name is um, 00.spookyinfy.00 and on Tumblr I have a Tumblr that's currently going under the name of um, Cure Papaya for President because it was made two years ago when I was watching <laughs> Tropical Rouge. Okay. And I have not updated it since. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> since being on here, um, mm-hmm. I will probably um, go back to it and at least try to um, make a habit of checking it. Great, great. So I'll put links to that in the, in the show notes. Um, Great. So yes, thank you again for coming on the podcast, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Whether this was your first or last time listening, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. We hope you check out the rest of our chats, over two years of magical content and counting. And if you like what you heard, tell a friend or tell five friends or tell the whole world by talking about us online. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag Sparkle Side Chats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlAyu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O, 
WS. You can also email us at sparklesidechats at gmail.com. Did you know we also take recommendations for future guests and topics? Just fill out the form in the show notes. You can even suggest yourself if you're so bold. The very best free way to support the podcast is using your podcast platform to give a rating and review of our little show. This gives the big internet machines the message that they should share it with more people, and I think we all want that, don't we? You can also join the Discord server for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. The forever link is in the show notes as well as on the socials, so be sure to stop by. Show notes can be found on your podcast platform of choice or at our main landing page at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. If you have a few bucks, you can give a one-time donation at ko-fi.com or ko-fi.com slash ayushinos. You can also commit to a monthly membership, which grants you access to bonus episodes about Magical Girls and adjacent content such as movies, comics, and other series that Magical Girl fans tend to also love. All it takes is $5 a month, but if you want to rank up, that'll give you discounts on art commissions and monthly requests as well. Music credits, as always, are also in the show notes. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at A Few Bruises. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical forever and always. See you next time. <laughs>